Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Rogier Barens, CEO of Levo Exoskeletons. In this episode, we talk about Logistics 5.0, what it is and how it will change the industry, the benefits of an increased focus on how technology can improve worker health, how exoskeletons can improve productivity in the warehouse, and I try to find out whether an Iron Man suit is within reach. Please enjoy my conversation with Rogier Barents. Rogier, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Martijn. Good to be here. Uh, my first question is always, does logistics matter? Well, definitely, because at uh, f- 15 minutes before seven, uh, the, the alarm clock goes every morning. Mm-hmm. And then I have to get my two sons up and get them into uh, to school and to address everything from meal washing. Um, if my wife wouldn't have logistic curfew for me in that sense, and I probably would be here with uh, two toothpaste on my mouth, unshaven, <laughs> and then a kid crying in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, um, so how how did you end up in logistics? Well, um, actually, there are two answers on that one. Mm-hmm. So one of them is actually what we're currently doing, and that's uh, we're selling and building and selling exoskeletons that help in logistics to reduce lower back pain. Mm-hmm. One of the musculoskeletal uh, disorders you can uh, can encounter. Yeah. The other thing is actually uh, regarding the start of my company when we built balancing devices for big LCD screens, and it turned out that the invention we did at the time was actually the best solution to support multiple weights of LCD screens. So the logistics part of LCD screens became a lot more interesting because with one balancing device, we could actually address a lot of different um, whiteboards and LCD screens. Uh, Well, I've been in uh, a lot of warehouses uh, uh, myself, having a history as a warehouse engineer. And if there's one thing uh, you see a lot of when you walk in a warehouse is uh, people uh, bending and and lifting and, uh, well, let's say not always in the most ergonomical way uh, that 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 they should yeah well that's also our experience uh, so um, within our company what you see is when we visit warehouses and a lot a lot's actually going on in industry 4.0 uh, so everybody knows us automation and robotization to make sure that everything gets more efficient however sometimes the the uh, place of the workers or the people actually working there mm-hmm. are not taken into account. And if you really want to take care of the people, then you should also watch at exactly the examples you just mentioned. And uh, so make sure that the people actually get su- will be supported in such a way that they can do their jobs in an optimal way. And that's actually pretty in- interesting because the European Commission stated um, actually a new development in 2022, also in a response to the at that time the COVID crisis and was about uh, Industry 5.0. And Industry 5.0 says actually one thing. Everyone who's involved in um, sustainable employability and wants to optimize their own factory, not only should take productivity and efficiency into account, but also making sure the workforce gets optimized in such a way that people can do their job in a better way. So actually, in other words, just take care of your own people. Yeah, so... and um, uh, so. Uh, industry 5.0 uh, 
uh, I think there there might be a lot of listeners that that are not even sure what industry 4.0 uh, means, although it's uh, in the news a lot. Um, so um, uh, when we spoke and you uh, before the show and you told me about industry 5.0, I obviously uh, looked it up to uh, to see what the what the details were again and how we got from industry 1.0 uh, to industry 5.0. Uh, and um, I saw that. Industry 1.0 was the invention of the of the steam engine, yeah. And then uh, Industry uh, 2.0 uh, was actually uh, uh, I, well, we could say Henry Ford who uh, uh, invented almost invented uh, mass production. Yeah, definitely. So Henry Ford was actually one of the pioneers of 2.0. So actually, I visited one of the plants of Henry Ford uh, not so long ago, so th- several months ago, uh, and. What you see is that they built the cornerstone of the U.S. society. Yeah, that's the Ford 500, uh, F500. Uh, and it's amazing what the impact is on not only the, the car on the society, but also the uh, production line. And so every, mm-hmm. e- every around, everything around the production line is about uh, taking care of the people at that time. Uh, um, and uh, you see that... He used actually the, the the developments at that time in farmery, or how it's called. Um, yeah, yeah he, he got it from he, he got it actually from visiting a slaughterhouse. Exactly, slaughterhouse. Where, where yeah, the, yeah, 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 I guess yeah, yeah. the pigs or the cows were were moving yeah. from station to station, and 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 there was a specialist, somebody really good at cutting off the legs, and yeah. somebody really good at, at at doing the ribs. And I I I I'm not a specialist, but. Every step in the whole slaughter process uh, had their own station, and the cow moved uh, through the slaughterhouse. Yeah, exactly. So, so actually, he thought, well, instead of a cow, what if I use a car? And that's actually what's happening then and still now. And then Henry Ford was actually, if you look at all car manufacturers right now, then it's the pi- pioneering example of how to set up a production line. It's it's the main focus on production efficiency at the time. By the way. I think it's interesting that Henry Ford was not uh, a, a big, how you say it, um, a fan of the unions. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, I, I saw some interesting movies about uh, Henry Ford taking down uh, union guys because they want to uh, focus more on employee welfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that also changed in the end. So, and that's actually also already an interesting skip to uh, the next steps we're going to make within industry development because taking care of your people will be always be a very important part yeah but it's not often enough mentioned in the industry developments no and i guess that's why uh why uh, 5.0 comes after 4.4.0 because industry 4.0 is about uh automation and is about um uh, no we're skipping 3.0 3.0 yeah 3.0 uh, computers. Uh, yeah, uh, there was the introduction of, of computers and uh, computers taking over yeah. the, the first simple, um, I guess, repetitive uh, tasks and the, and the first, uh, yeah, I guess, the first robotics. Yeah, I think that started around yeah. the 70s. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So actually, to to be honest, I do not know a lot about 3.0, but uh, but if you uh, look at the step afterwards, so 4.0, mm-hmm. because that's actually in the news right now. Eh? So the whole digitali- digitalization of all industry processes. I yeah. think that we've got some beautiful examples where you can go to the cloud. Uh, you can just write down what you want to order 
and without uh, and you and you directly get a quote and you also get directly a production process and it's organized in such a way that with at least possible people you get your products as you like it yeah uh, that's typically industry 4.0 and i think that it's really good and a lot of companies are making that efficiency step um yeah, it's an advanced computer. It's it's uh, com computers. It's uh, um, a lot of uh, uh, power in terms of uh, calculations and algorithms. It's it's automation. It's robots that are yeah. taking over. Uh, well, I, I think robots taking over more than uh, than some people would want because you know there's like if there's a fear yeah. of the there's yeah. a fear of the robots. They're exactly. going to be unemployed. Yeah. Yeah. Robots are coming. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. So uh, the, the Terminator feel of uh, Skynet coming online yeah. and yeah. everybody will be outsourced and robots are going to make sure how everyone is going to live. Yeah. Now, I think I think that's an, indeed a fear. Yeah. But then it's interesting to see that um, 5.0 is actually um, not as much a the, the next step with, you know, even more automation and more computing power, but 5.0 is circling back and looking at the humans again, working together with the machines. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I think that within uh, industry 4.0, uh, there are some beautiful examples of big companies like for instance, Amazon that say, okay, we're fully going for automatization, robotization, and then in the end, finding out that they still need the flexibility of their workforce actually yeah. to respond on rapid changing environment, uh, uh, things happening in the world. Because there's no uh, machine as complex uh, and capable of doing tasks as actually humans. Yeah. So taking out, taking out humans out of the equation is actually not that good idea. Because in the end, it always turns out that you will need them. So 5.0 actually says, please make the next steps in the logistic development that you need to get the efficiency and productivity, but also take care of your people working here. Yeah. Uh, make sure that they're supported in such a way that you can also combine it with the efficiency steps of 4.0. And in that sense, becoming like a more uh, effective organism uh, that's, that's, that's interacting in the right way. Yeah, you know, and especially in logistics, that makes uh, a lot of sense because if there's uh, if there's one industry that has been uh, that that has been uh, coping with huge shortages uh, in, uh, in 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 terms of workforce, it, it's logistics. Yeah, I mean drivers for sure, but also uh, in in the warehouse. Uh, I, I just I just read uh, a, a news release from UPS. They're hiring one hundred thousand seasonal workers just because you know because it's going to be christmas again a hundred thousand those are people not working for ups at the moment but in the next few months yeah. they will be that's just mind-boggling yeah oh we, we get the same responses also from our clients from working in uh, agriculture culture or healthcare they encounter similar problems yeah uh, agriculture for instance or actually horticulture i need to say in the December month, that's actually the peak because then they have to get all the plans and etc. Also, as uh, as uh, for Christmas gifts, mm -hmm. so th there there's a, a lot of things going there, and uh, the lack of labor force is currently depicting how we are going to organize our whole whole logistic system. So mm -hmm. taking care of the people and making sure that they're 
will be a part not only now but also in three years from now or even better uh, at uh, their uh, healthy uh, uh, retirement age that that's actually something that needs to be taken into account when you are organizing your uh, logistics structure to make sure that you can truly um, uh, prepare for the future yeah the harder it is to, to find people the more important it is that you know that you keep them yeah yeah and yeah. if somebody gets hurt you need you need to find somebody new that's difficult and then you you they need to be trained exactly and there's yeah. a that's yeah, just a simple it's, it's lots of productivity exactly and it takes time before they're up to speed with their motoric skills and before you have baby there that you have a loss of quality so yeah Definitely. So yeah. um, uh, what developments do you see when it comes to um, uh, looking out for uh, logistics workers? Yeah. So what technologies are there that uh, will, uh, will, will make sure that they uh, don't get sick or yeah. don't get hurt? That, that's a good one. So and if, if you talk about Industry 5.0 and you say about taking care of the people, make sure that they are... Um, uh, stronger and fitter and they can do, do their jobs in a better way uh, then it's actually also interesting to look at amazon uh, so uh, uh, jeff bezos actually said that he want to reduce for instance musculoskeletal uh, diseases with 50 percent within two years that's that's a huge uh, um, challenge and, and those are the inju in, uh, injuries because that's a that that's a pretty medical sounding term so those are the injuries that you you get by uh, by by Picking, yeah. picking up things and then having to to turn yeah, or to bend so, over and and stand up again straight yeah. again so there are repetitive movements um uh, for instance lower back pain is an, a typical example of a musculoskeletal disease but but yes you're absolutely right so all these repetitive tasks where you have to pick bend uh, rotate these, these are and it doesn't have to be a really heavy thing right if i understood correctly i mean it's not that you have to like lift something that's that's uh, uh, what is it 50 pounds no. or 25 kilograms it's with uh, much lighter things can uh, that uh, can cause uh, oh, definitely pain. yeah i think that everyone uh, knows the example that you're trying to read a map on a table and you've bent over a little bit and and the first thing you do is you place your hands on your upper upper legs to uh, support your upper body because even though it's only your upper body you're not carrying something else you already feel that there's an extra yeah. strain in the back so only these these repetitive moments movements are already uh, having a big impact on uh, the strain in your back yeah so and 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 this is where uh exoskeletons uh come yeah. in yeah so uh, coming back to your question industry 5.0 amazon that actually is also looking at it and if you look at the whole range of solutions and exoskeletons is one of the solutions mm -hmm. they're actually looking at and that's also the reason that we were involved so there are like six different amazon locations evaluating our exoskeletons mm -hmm. uh, and yes and that's actually the, the solution i know most about it um, so uh, with respect to exoskeletons uh, we're going to uh, get in a very interesting time right now because exoskeletons are truly going to be able to support empower people in the way that industry 5.0 is meant so so um uh, what what are um what are some some uh, typical activities that take place in the warehouse uh that exoskeletons are are currently used for yeah well if you focus on uh, on warehousing and then you look at the logistic pick and place tasks um then you see, for instance, uh, when you have a conveyor belt, uh, packages are coming from the conveyor belt mm -hmm. and they need to do uh, put in pallet trucks or on pallets. Uh, then you see a typical motion of getting something, picking it up, 
rotating to the right or left, making a few steps, putting it down. Yeah. And even though the movements themselves are not that hard, if you do that the whole day, then you will feel it in your back in the end. And if you do it for several weeks, months or years, then you are in risk of musculoskeletal injury on a lower back pain. Yeah. I think that uh, uh, other typical logistics talks you can look at are, for instance, um, how you say it, the, the bagage medewerkers, the, the, the guys who are handling the... Yeah, uh, the luggage handlers. The at luggage handlers, exactly. That's yeah. exactly the word I was talking. The luggage handlers. Eh? These are. That's also a typical task of. In this case, everybody knows that these are more heavy, so it's even yeah. more um, uh, valid to ask for support. But these are typical tasks that can be supported very well with that exoskeletons. Yeah. So I can also imagine uh, loading and unloading uh, containers. Uh, yeah. There's obviously there's also because that's a. That's a, that's a task that that could also be done uh, very well with a robot. Uh, but also, I'm guessing, you know, that uh, in terms of investment, that the exoskeleton is, uh, uh, well, it's, it's a, uh, has a, a lower impact on, on your capex than uh, <laughs> buying, yeah. buying robots. Yeah. That and that still, even though automation and robotization is, is going really strongly, um, I know of a company also started in Delft that had the that was ex exactly doing this, so focusing on these luggage handling and see if they could use optics to dis to distinguish how it was put, so that they can use robot to put it somewhere else. And it's really difficult. There was always an error in there. So. Uh, in the complex machine that the, the human body is, we also are capable of actually distinguishing all these different things. So yeah. people, humans, are still better in handling these kind of things uh, than robots are. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, uh, uh, exactly as you say it, if you support these people, then you can do your job and that's a, a lot better. So... Um so then uh, I have a logistics operation and, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I think some of my people might get back pains. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get some exoskeletons. So yeah. I just go to the, go to the website and order one and then, uh, you know, they, they put it on and uh, there we go. Or how does that work? Yeah, I, I wish that was true. Um now, we have several big customers that purchased uh, a lot of exoskeletons. Mm -hmm. And we've got some very successful implementations. Uh, so, uh, for instance, we've got implementations of uh, Vodafone Ziggo, for instance, mm -hmm. another group of people. But there they had the guy, Marco, and he said, okay, I'm currently disabled. Um, I want to have a solution. And they actually implemented an exoskeleton for him and he was very enthusiastic and five other guys also tried the same exoskeletons and within three months there was a huge reduction in, in absenteeism cost and they already earned back all their exoskeletons so that was an example of a very good implement implementation however we also have a lot of examples of bad implementation so we even have customers that bought maybe 20 exoskeletons and none of them are being used anymore so then the question of course is what happened there and unfortunately, exoskeletons are not like um, a safety helmet. Yeah. Uh, you put it on, it works, and you do your job. Now, uh, exoskeletons not only ask for the right tasks that needs to be supported, they yeah. ask for the right fit, and then you all talk about the exoskeleton, but also about um, uh, culture. Are yeah. people actually willing to wear an exoskeleton, or are they 
think that uh, people are calling them like, uh, uh, well, I, a weak person because yeah. I wear an exoskeleton. But uh, you also need someone who's the champion in the company who really says, okay, we're going to change this within our company. And we're going to not only do it on, on, on the level of the employees, but we're also going to the middle management and the top management to make sure that this will, this will succeed. Uh, and education is actually one of the most important parts. Uh, if you're not aware of the risk you're in, you're not going to want a solution because we currently have the most supportive exoskeletons that are really comfortable. Mm -hmm. But if you can decide between one of our exoskeleton or just wearing a t-shirt, everyone will always choose for the t-shirt. Obviously, yeah. but that's the same with safety shoes. You know, if you put a, uh, you know, if you if you put safety safety shoes uh, at the entrance of the warehouse and you don't say anything, yeah. that everybody will just pass them and you know and, and wear their sneakers because sneakers are more comfortable than safety shoes you know and there are really comfortable safety shoes yeah so uh, but people will choose sneakers every day because they're comfortable but they're not not safe so uh, I, I guess yeah. that's the, the the yeah and and that brings the other part so actually you say then then you have you have to make exoskeletons obligatory so to make sure that okay people you need to wear this because that um it, it will involve your safety yeah but to get there, then you also need to have a certain proof that you have impact with the exoskeletons, that by wearing exoskeletons, you actually make your job safety more safe. And in that sense, I think that's where the biggest developments are right now. So we've got uh, currently a lot of uh, competitors. Uh, and the cool thing about these competitors is that they're also helping and opening up the market. And for instance, Verve Motion, that's an exoskeleton company uh, within the US. Mm -hmm. They already did this test with 50 different exoskeletons following uh, in the logistics uh, department for one year, A-B test. And they showed that by using exoskeletons, there was an 80% reduction of injuries. That's huge, 80%. Yeah. That, that, that's a, so imagine that you're, for instance, well, uh, a luggage handler right now, and this will be the way that you actually can decrease uh, your injury rate. That would be very interesting. Um, and these are examples of tests that have been done. Uh, but for instance, uh, we also have uh, customers who bought our exoskeletons sending us emails that we literally changed their lives. And so um, uh, before this, this setup, I already sent you an email from one of the guys from yeah. uh, New Zealand. Uh, and he had a really emotional letter about, I thought my life was over because I had these back injuries and I'm self-employed and I need to work, etc. But then I found your exoskeletons and instead of cortisone injections, physiotherapists and everything I needed to do, I suddenly got the support and I was gradually capable of doing my work again. Um, so exoskeletons work. That's, there's, that's absolutely true. The challenge is to get them um, uh, thoroughly introduced in your company yeah. to taking all the hurdles. Uh, and that's exactly where we are right now. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not like a like a safety vest that you that you put on. You actually, uh, uh, I mean, I I wore one of your exoskeletons, so it it takes a little bit more effort to put it on than a safety vest, but not much more. And uh, you know, and as, and 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 when you have the the how do I say this the the the, the when the settings are right and you have the straps uh, uh, customized to uh, well to your physique, yeah. then um, actually I. I don't know if it was maybe five minutes, but you know, you just you forget that you're yeah. wearing it, and you're just noticing how easy it is, uh, 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 well, to, uh, to lift something. Yeah, well, it's good you tried because um, uh, 
I did, of course, the same uh, because I needed to sell these exoskeletons. So. <laughs> yeah. And at a certain point, I also thought, okay, well, I'm now now going to work in the garden. Uh, and I also put an exoskeleton on myself because let, let's feel how the difference is. Yeah. And I worked for half an hour and after half an hour I took a break. I need to do something with my kids. So I put off the exoskeleton and I got back and I thought, okay, now I'm going to try again without an exoskeleton because eh, as we said, an exoskeleton is not a t-shirt. And if I can do it without, it's much better. I think I did it for five minutes. And after five minutes, I thought I'm absolutely crazy that I'm doing this job without an exoskeleton because... I felt it straight away in my lower back. Mm -hmm. And uh, that meant that either I would have a risk of back injury or less energy in, in the evening. So, but if I was capable of using an exoskeleton, then you get the support uh, a lot better. So uh, if, if, if people were listening to this, this podcast, uh, it's actually pretty strange to talk about exoskeletons because uh, you cannot experience an exoskeleton just by hearing about it. No. The only way to understand exoskeletons is by trying it yeah, and trying it several times and get it to the new to company. But the feeling as you did is yeah. actually the most important yeah, part. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Uh, absolutely. There's yeah. no way uh, that it's, it's difficult to describe. You, you indeed have to, you have to have the experience literally. Yeah. 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 So when we look at, um, um, so, so when you look at logistics operations, so what are the what are what are the what are the situations that uh, uh, the, the the current model of exoskeletons that 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 you have developed? Um, what are the the situations where they uh, are the best fit? Yeah. So so yeah, it's a good question. So I think um, we've we've got several logistic customers, and where we've got the best fit is that where you've got dynamic work, turning, bending. Um, but for instance, not too much walking. Walking is can be done very well, but if you walk like distances of uh, hundreds of meters, then uh, exoskeletons get, can become annoying because actually you're supported your upper chest uh, uh, on your on your upper legs. Mm -hmm. So you feel kind of uh, um, uh, force on your upper legs. Uh, but if you have all these repetitive motions in a dynamic environment around um, uh, uh, a belt, how uh, you call it? Um, Conveyor belt. Yeah, conveyor, conveyor belt. Uh, that's actually th 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 that's a very interesting part. Yeah, so, also, it's not, so it's not so much for order picking. Uh, it's more for uh, around, let's say, around workstations. Yeah, yeah. And and order picking in that sense, if you, um, for instance, have um, electro pelletizing truck. Ah, yeah, the EPT. Yeah, exactly. Driving around and then you actually get a. Then you can wear one, and then you need to. And then exactly. you step off, and exactly. you lift a heavy yeah. box and put it on the pallet. Yeah, exactly. Ah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, but uh, we also have examples where people needed to climb up the stairs, get over a belt, and go to the other side, and that's actually something that with our exoskeletons is not that interesting. So, uh, coming back to one of your questions about the implementation of exoskeletons, what are the boundaries? Then a good task fit to the exoskeleton is really important. Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, but you do have exoskeletons that are, or you are developing exoskeletons that are made for walking, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the, the, the term exoskeleton is actually the same as uh, the term vehicle. Ah, 
Yeah, so and within vehicles, you've got trucks and you've got scootmobiles and you've got bicycles. So you've got yeah. all the uh, The forklift is yeah. even a vehicle, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and when we talk about the Levo exoskeleton for bending, mm-hmm. then you talk about a bike. And then you say, okay, because you put in the energy yourself, but it makes your job a lot more easy and you're yeah. a, lot, a lot more efficient. Yeah, so that's uh, um, when you talk about, for instance, uh, exoskeletons for par- paraplegics. Yeah, so you've mm-hmm. got um, everybody have seen these devices that people can wear. And one moment they were disabled in a wheelchair and then they wear this exoskeleton and they can walk again. Yes. And that, that's really amazing. So, but that you can call the scootmobile of exoskeletons. Yes. And so a scootmobile allows you a little bit more transportation. So it's, uh, that's a case, very valuable, but it's not something you put a healthy person in. No. And our focus right now is making sure that healthy people stay healthy. Yes. So that also means that we need to develop exoskeletons that can fit on healthy bodies. Yeah. And um, and the one you're referring to is actually from our sister company, Interspring. Mm-hmm. And they're building exoskeletons for the Dutch Ministry of Defense. Mm-hmm. And well, if if Levo is building the the bike for bending, then Interspring is building the mountain bike for walking. <laughs> so cool. yeah. So with with that exoskeleton, you can walk with loads up to 80 kilograms for uh, over 30 kilometers yeah. uh, without having the risk of musculoskeletal injuries. Yeah. Um, so yes, but that also shows that an exoskeleton for a specific, specific task. Uh, we will n- never become the Iron Man suit where you can fly, run, shoot, and do everything when, uh, with well, one Well, at least you're going to have to, it's going to take a few more years. Uh, okay, a few more years, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I guess that's the same if you look in the warehouse, right? I mean, for every task, you have a specific uh, uh, machine. You have the forklift, you have a reach truck, you have the uh, the electric pellet yeah. truck that you mentioned. I mean, there's, there's, there's different machines for different tasks. Yeah. So, and that's a, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, but if you wear a t-shirt, then you can do everything with a t-shirt. And that's always the challenge we still encounter because people see exoskeletons as something they wear. And they also look more at as a wearable, as a device. So mm-hmm. they want to do everything with it. Uh, and getting an exoskeleton introduced in the right way does mean that you may have to make that task differentiation where I'm going to use the exoskeleton and where not. Yeah. So yes, this, you're absolutely right. You can compare it with uh, conveyor belts and with forklift, etc. But yeah, that, that awareness has to be there. So, um, and I, I must say I'm a, a little bit disappointed that, that we're not soon going to have the Iron Man suit because that's pretty cool. It's um, a secret project. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I should have known it's the Ministry of Defense. Yes. Okay. So so uh, so it's gonna it's gonna take quite a while before we have an Iron Man suit. But if you look at uh, uh, exoskeletons and the and the uh, and the developments in exoskeletons, if we look to the future, what what are the next what are the next steps? Oh, that's also a nice question. Um, oh, that's actually I think pretty cool because uh, some of the exoskeleton companies. They forsake an exoskeletons and we're focusing on sensors uh, to get a better understanding of how the human body actually performs mm-hmm. within an uh, industry environment. Uh, and what you see is that there's much more integration between these sensors and exoskeletons. Yeah. So if you talk about exoskeletons for the future and for instance, logistic industry, then you will see that the logistic um, or the human power and human performance mm-hmm. uh, will be uh, 
uh, integrated within um, uh, the robotics and optimization of industry. So that means that the performance of people is going to be measured, but also uh, how healthy they are. Um, how good are they performing right now? And are, are they capable of sustaining this, this, this uh, amount of work mm -hmm. uh, also on the long run? Because for every logistic organization, you only want to have an efficiency right now, but you also want to make sure you have still the right manpower in yeah. three years from now or five yeah. years from now. And if you look at the integration of exoskeletons, then you're actually really going to look in the industry 5.0 because now we're supporting people in such a way that they will reach their retirement age in a healthy way and increase their quality of work as well as their quality, quality of life. Um, and that means that you're doing the right thing. Uh, and, and that's perfect because then this person retired and uh, then the logistics company can say, you know, thank you for all these years of hard work uh, and please take your exoskeleton home so you can enjoy working in uh, the yard because uh, as, as you told us, uh, it's perfect for, uh, for working in the garden as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, um, and even better, even without an exoskeleton, you still will be able to pick up your grandchildren and play football with them and do not have any back injuries and uh, having to worry about the fact that you spent the best part of your life for your company, but now really can enjoy your free time. Excellent. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for uh, yeah for talking about this uh, this uh, this new technology. Well, you're you're welcome, and it's actually great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog at logisticsmatter.com. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, please send an email to podcast at logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Fleugel. The music is based on a sample by Rockerman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was supported by Levo. Levo offers companies the opportunity to co-develop solutions to relieve physical burdens of their employees by using innovative exoskeleton applications. For more information, visit levo-exoskeletons.com.